The You Disciple Podcast, where we explore the ins and outs of university life and unpack what it means to be a disciple on campus. I'm Father Nicholas Pierce. And I'm Sister Mary Helen. And we're joined today by Father Rob Krishna. Hello. Welcome. And this is the You Disciple podcast. And we're back after a brief sort of... Little break. Sabbatical. Little ISO <laughs> break. It was an ISO break. Um, yes, I got the dreaded coronavirus. So had a week uh, not feeling the best. But we know that it's going around at the moment. There's quite a few people who have been taken out, which is not a very convenient time at the end of the university semester. Except you might get some study done if you're not too sick. Yes. That was my hope. Mm. <laughs> it didn't happen? No. Oh. I, I was like, when I tested positive, I was like, ooh, seven days. Maybe get some housework done, respond to a few emails. No. 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 Okay. So, so if, you, if you've had it or you've got it, uh, our prayers are with you. Because we... And if, we're f- if I'm sounding a little bit sort of more bassy and sort of um, deep than usual. The lounge singer effect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if, if this doesn't work out, I'll, I can open up my cabaret act. There you um, go. So, Father Roberts, great to have you with us. You're the chaplain out at, uh, I was going to say Deakin, but no, Monash no, University. Yes, Monash University. Yeah. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. When were you ordained? I was ordained to the priesthood in uh, twenty. Um, 18, no, 2017. Yes. And you've got a, a pretty um, interesting story because you, as a university student, um, converted to the Catholic faith. I did. So, so tell uh, us a bit about it. I, um, uh, I've, I've been many things. I, I was, um, uh, I've been an atheist I, I, and then I became an agnostic. And uh, um, during university, I um, went through a period of depression, and which caused me to rethink my life and uh, look for greater meaning and uh, someone to live for. <laughs> and uh, in that way, I began to explore Christianity, and then I started attending an Anglican church. I, I was baptised, and then I met some uh, Catholics on the university campus, and I started talking to them, and um, um, eventually I ended up becoming a Catholic in 2003. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I entered the Dominicans in uh, 2010, and... Uh, I was ordained a priest in 2017. So, wow. and now life sort of full circle as the chaplain of a I'm university campus, <laughs> which is yes, I've uh, ever since being ordained, I've been the university chaplain first at UTS and then um, at Monash. So. At Monash doing some great work with our students out there. So we're aware it's sort of a busy time for students at the end of the semester. So generally one week of classes to go. So um, everyone's everyone's a bit sort of. Uh, under the pump, uh, maybe sitting there going, maybe we should have listened to them a bit earlier on in the semester <laughs> and done some essays before they were due. But oh, wow. you, you'll get through. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of other stuff obviously happening at the moment. Uh, by the time people hear this, there'll be an election coming gone. So mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Is anyone else an election nerd? I'm a Saturday night, watch the tally. Really? Watch the, yeah. Oh, oh goodness. Okay. Oh, no, I couldn't do that. Oh, no. So, yeah, I'm not really, really political, but like the the whole sort of um, the excitement of it. Yes. My, my favourite TV show, and I did get to finish this during my lockdown, was is The West Wing. Ah. Um, which is very American political and elections and all of that. So um, it's a little bit like that. I, I, it, well, we'll know in a few days' time how mm. it goes here. But it'll Oddly enough, I'm politics nerd, but I'm not a an election nerd. <laughs> okay. I, I try and be somewhere else when <laughs> results are com- coming. And it's all inevitable by election night. I just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, even more so now with pre-poll and all of that kind of mm. stuff. Um, sister, you went to the movies last night. That was a very, um, yeah, unusual feat, but I did that and uh, saw Father Stew, which was interesting. Um, yes, the language is rough, quite rough, and it's mm. shocking, but I think it's supposed to be shocking uh, mm-hmm. for a reason. Um, so if you're worried about going and seeing it, I sat there as a sister and I did not need to turn away from the screen once, which is like very rare. <laughs> uh. It was good and it's great. Mel Gibson, um, it's nice to see Mel Gibson uh, preaching the gospel essentially by the end. Um, so there's a really direct charisma being preached there, um, which is really lovely to see mm. actually. And so if you if you haven't seen I haven't seen it yet. I'm hoping to go in the next week or so before it comes out of cinemas. But it's a, it's a story about a, a guy who... Um, has a pretty big conversion in his own life and then ends up joining seminary and becoming ordained. That's right. And he gets really uh, messed up in the process, like beaten up and sick. And It's a true yeah. story. Yeah, mm. yeah. Spoiler alert. Mm. Um, but, but um, yeah, it's nice to see that there's some good sort of stories being told in, in movies. So mm-hmm. hopefully if you haven't seen it, you might take a break from the study over the next couple of weeks and get out and see it. Um, I'm feeling... Like a rose between two thorns here, or a, a <laughs> thorn wow. between two roses, because I'm surrounded by Dominicans, mm. um, and so we're going to talk today about uh, a very Dominican topic, and that is is the rosary. So it's the month of month of May, month traditionally given over to Our Lady. Um, so we're really going to unpack a little bit about about the rosary and how, how it's such a powerful tool um, in in our sort of prayer arsenal. Um, and how it really helps us uh, enter in more deeply into the life of Jesus through the life of his Blessed Mother. You're listening to the You Disciple Podcast, where we put the you in disciple. So it's the month of May. We've just celebrated the Feast of Our Lady of Fatima. Um, We thought it was a really good idea to have a chat about the Rosary our Lady Help of Christians is coming, coming up. up. Yeah. It's, 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 it's all happening. Um, for me, the rosary is something that's um, I've really had to grow to love. Mm. Uh, not growing up in a, in a practicing family, um, devotions and those more traditional customs of the, the faith weren't something mm. that was really part of my, my growing up. So I've, I've told the story to people before that I, I had to teach myself the various mm. mysteries of the rosary when I was in the seminary mm. um, because I was always afraid that someone was going to ask me to lead the rosary <laughs> and I would have to sort of find a find – a, so one of the little projects I set myself was just to learn and memorize the, the various names of the mysteries. So it's something that I've really had to, to grow to love. What about you, Father Rob? So as a convert, it's obviously yes. not 
a new, it is a new thing for you. It is very new, and um, I mean, the rosary can be difficult even for uh, people who grew up in practicing Catholic families and said the rosary doesn't. Um, it's because it it depends on how you relate to the faith, how 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 your prayer life works, and a whole lot of other things like that. So I very much had to. Uh, persuade myself to pray the rosary and for a long time I struggled with saying the rosary and for nearly my entire life until about six months ago uh, yes, nearly my entire life the way in which I made sense of the rosary was that uh, we are asking Mary to pray for us and the rosary is where I offer God my weakness in prayer, and this is where it's most manifest in my in my life. And so that's what I'm doing. Yep. Sister, what about you? Yeah, the rosary. I grew up with the rosary. I remember as a little kid, my grandfather, my grandfather's wife, passed when she was 43, mm-hmm. and for the rest of his life, he. He wouldn't marry again, but Our Lady was really the mm. woman in his life. Um, so beautiful example from him, mm. praying the rosary, you know, with those huge big beads around the table. But for personally, I found it really just challenging. Mm. And uh, really, I really to this day struggle with community rosary when everyone's mm-hmm. together. I'm like, yes. oh, stop this. Um, but <laughs> I, if I pray on my own, I quite like it after mm. I, I read um, St. John Paul II's a document, Rosarium Virginis Mariae, and he ha- he talks about the rosary as a contemplative prayer. Mm. And I think that now when I pray the rosary, I really enjoy it. But if I'm on my own and I have hours to contemplate, mm. love it. I um I never leave the house without a pair of rosary beads in my pocket. It's obviously a part of your habits. So the yes. rosary um, is always with you. And I think that's one of the things that I've grown to love about the rosary is that it is something that you can – um, jump into mm-hmm. sort of um, in the car yeah. or I've got um, I've got sort of five minutes okay I'll do our decade yes. like um, and I think that that was one of the big lessons for me about the rosary was like pray it as you can when you can mm-hmm. um, obviously trying to get the whole rosary done in a day and things like that but it is something that I now or um, I was watching MasterChef the other night and uh, one of the judges has got um he, he carries in his hands um, like um, worry beads. Hmm. So, and there was a, an article from online about why he does it and that he uses it to sort of calm his nerves and sort hmm. of center himself and things like that. And I was like, there is a bit of a crossover there to how the rosary can be something. And so I'll often find myself, even in those times where I, I'm struggling to pray, but tilling the beads yeah. sort of just exactly. going through the motion of the rosary um, because there's something over time for me mm. that has become quite comforting mm. by going okay I know there's there's a simplicity of it mm-hmm. um, that even when I don't know what else I can be praying yeah um, this is something that I can I can come home to yes I can kind of sympathize with both points there um, I I find it very, very hard to pray the rosary in common with other people. Um, I can't pray the rosary 
uh, if I'm doing some, anything else. I have to be sitting there and doing it. The thing that works for me, uh, and I only realised this extremely recently, is to pray the rosary for someone else. And kind of relate what Jesus was going through uh, or, or what Jesus was experiencing, what Blessed Virgin Mary was experiencing to their life in some way. Mm-hmm. My my grandmother, who was a very faithful Catholic and Catholic woman, she was actually a parishioner at St. Dominic's in East Camberwell. Um, you may have heard this story before, but she when I when I entered the diocesan priesthood, um, she she said to me that she'd wasted all the vo- all the all, <laughs> all the Dominican vocations paraphernalia that, that she had given me, um, and that she thought I would look better in white. So the fact that I'm surrounded by two Dominicans today, hopefully uh, from heaven, she's <laughs> she's a little bit proud. But she used to tell us that she would pray a decade of the rosary each night mm. for each one of her grandchildren. Mm. So again, that idea that um, offering it for somebody else mm. um, is a, is a really wonderful way of of entering into it. There's, I suppose, always been that age old question of: is a fast, a hard and fast rosary uh, worth doing, or if we're going to do it, should we go slower and enter more deeply into maybe one decade or two decades mm. rather than just churning through sort of all all five decades of a mystery of the mm. mysteries and then sort of getting it finished. Any opinions? We are both and people, yes. right? Any prayer is good prayer. I mean, yeah. well, I don't know about that, but yeah. I mean, the the rosary is is a private devotion, so the idea is for you to to get into it and. It very much depends on what God wants to do with it uh, in your life, right. and and that's that's the case with with all prayer that that it's, it's God doing something in you. Yeah, mm-hmm. and, uh, it's yeah. the um, Easter season, mm-hmm. and so we thought today we might have a bit of a, a a bit of a deeper dive into the the glorious mysteries um, that really help us um, mm. sort of look at the. The, the story of the the Easter season, but through the mm. eyes of of Our Lady and enter into it, um, mm. because it is that kind of prayer that we we do. It, it should take us closer to the Lord, mm. um, and does help us really engage more deeply with those yes. those moments in His life. Yes, I think in that document. John Paul II talks about the face of Christ belonging in a special way to Our Lady. And mm. so he talks about the rosary as the school of Mary and how she helps. So you're looking at him with mm. her. And yeah. I love that. I just mm. love that concept. It's almost as if you're looking at through a photo, you know, you're she, you're sitting with her and going yes. through his life. And and this kind of season where of the resurrection before the ascension, mm. I'm sure there was a lot of that actually going on. There where was. The apostles are sitting there with Mary. And it, yes. it is also interesting because she doesn't get much of a mention no. in this part of the scriptures. Yes. She sort of goes into the background. So you really have to find ways to enter into it because we know she would have been there. Yes. That she accompanied the Lord and then the early church yes. all the way to the cross. She wouldn't have just disappeared at the most important points. Um, so really, I I love this um, part of the rosary where you get to sit there and imagine mm. to a little bit where Mary was in these important moments in the in the life of our Lord and the church. Yes, and 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 also all those other people and um 
um, Mary Magdalene, the apostles, um, all those other people, and how they saw Jesus. And then you can kind of how she saw them seeing Jesus, and that that that's part of that's part of the whole thing. That that, that um, the church is a whole, and part of the wonderfulness of of being a Catholic is is that all our um, relationships feed into each other in all sorts of fascinating kind of ways. So Mary is looking at Peter getting something or John getting something or or Mary Magdalene getting something. So Mm -hmm. it's never never just a one-on-one conversation. So I suppose we start with the resurrection and that that idea that she was she was there at the cross and she was also a witness to the resurrection and mm. the thing that i i think that always strikes me is you can just imagine the ultimate joy in her heart mm. having having suffer, suffered with her son mm-hmm. um and then the joy of of witnessing and being present to his resurrection mm. and that that we too can share in that joy mm-hmm. that as we enter into this mystery with her it's we too have a share in the joy of the resurrection. Yeah, that what what he won for her, mm. um, he won for each one of us, and yes. her joy therefore can be our joy. Yes, for me, I could, I would flip that around, because for me, the witness of the resurrection is um, is Mary Magdalene, and um, and for me, I, I would look look at it as the Blessed Virgin Mary looking at Mary Magdalene and in turn looking at us because, and for me, the, resur- the uh, mystery of the resurrection is, is very much about freedom from sin. And if um, our struggles, our, our uh, struggle with sin, our uh, sorrows, all of those things are entering into, in some way, uh, Jesus' cross, our triumph over them is entering into Jesus' resurrection. And the Blessed Virgin Mary enters into that joy in quite the same way that she entered into Mary Magdalene's joy, even though it was it was a very personal encounter between her and Jesus, Jesus calling her by name, um, giving her a, a task to do and making her part of his resurrection in that way. And and the Blessed Virgin Mary kind of sits back and, and, and observes that, and that's kind of a wonderful thing. And that's what he wants to do with us. So Yeah, it's a beautiful, pers- you know, perspective of... I'm just thinking now of Mary Magdalene, you know, running home, telling mm. the apostles they don't believe her. Mm. So the Lord will take them to task for that later. But... Uh, how Mary would have been there, yes, and and let Mary Magdalene explode with all of that mm. to her, and just sit with it, mm. rejoice with her. Then, mm. of course, the second mystery is obviously the ascension. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, we're entering into this understanding that, and it, it, we're about to celebrate it in our liturgical calendar as well. Yes, this idea that he was gone, he comes back, and then he goes from their sight again and yes. so i really um like to enter into this that whole that moment where in our own life we can feel like the lord is withdrawing from us 
Yes. Um, and the surprising thing is is that the very first thing that you notice in the Book of Acts about um, about the ascension is that the disciples go home rejoicing. Yes. And it's it's completely unlike the way they encounter the resurrection because when they encounter the resurrection, they're stupefied. Mm-hmm. But when the Lord ascends into heaven, they are rejoicing. And somehow the fact that he goes away from them seems to make him near to them. Um, it's like... Um, uh, Augustine picks up on this in, in one of his homilies, where he says, "Why does the the why does um, the Lord tell Mary Magdalene again? Um, I like I really like Mary Magdalene. She's <laughs> one of her patrons, and yes. Um, so why why does our Lord say to Mary Magdalene, uh, "Do not touch me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father." Is it how is it that she will be able to touch him when he has ascended to the Father? Mm-hmm. And um, part of it simply is that Jesus is much more intimate after the ascension because he works in and through them. He is he is not out there before them before even a select number of people, he is within um, the apostles, within Mary Magdalene, within the Blessed Virgin Mary, working through them. Um, In a way, and this is why, I guess, Ascension is tied to Pentecost, is in a way they begin to experience what the Blessed Virgin Mary experienced from the beginning. Yeah. From the from the Annunciation, mm-hmm. that's beautiful. Mm. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I just yeah, I it's it's really um. I'm gonna next time I pray the glorious mysteries. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna enter into it from a new way. How how do you do you think that they knew that like. Was was it infused like at that point? Well, liter- uh, literally, yes. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at Pentecost, but I mean, like, okay, yeah, they 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 rejoiced, but um, I I suppose I, the struggle for me is that yeah that that nearness and farness is mm. I suppose mo- most tangibly felt in its farness more mm. than its nearness. Sometimes, like you you have those moments of nearness, mm. um, and they carry you through, but. Yeah, I. Um, ha, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, uh, I'm just rambling, but uh, I think it's beautiful. Except that, yeah, that I suppose that juxtaposition, that feeling in our lives, and I'm sure mm. um, we all feel it at different times where God is really far from us mm. and um, striving to to trust. And I suppose mm. that's where um, this mystery for me is really about sort of trusting that He has gone mm. from our sight. But he hasn't gone that far. Yes. Um, and a priest once said to me um, that that feeling sometimes um, a bit like a father mm. teaching their child how to ride a bicycle. Mm. Will run along beside them or behind them, holding onto their shoulders. But every now and then, will will push to let them go on their own. 
Yes. And he's still there and he's 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 ready to to grab when they get the speed wobbles up, but every now and then a good father will push you away just a little bit. Yes. And I suppose that for me is that thing of of, of the Lord ascends into heaven. We know he's there, but there is still that scary moment in our experience yes. of of the hands off the shoulders yes. and the I'm doing this on my own sometimes. <laughs> and but it can also be an exciting moment. Yes. You're braver than I am. I love thinking also about that moment of, you know, he's gone to Galilee. Praise God, it's his favourite place. Mm. It would be yours too if you were over there. I mean, Galilee's beautiful. Mm. And really, he got everyone together. It was There was mm. the church of that time yes. all together, yes. you know, not afraid of the Jews in this moment. I mean, later when they go back to Jerusalem, they lock themselves <laughs> yeah. in. Mm. But they have this beautiful moment together in the place where they shared all these memories. Yes. And and I always get a little bit proud of them of, yeah, great, you're rejoicing for him. Yes. You know, like it's so like a little yeah. bit of lack of self-centeredness. And, <laughs> yes. Okay, the Lord is receiving his glory. Yeah. Yes. Know. Amen. And, <laughs> and I am, I'm in, well, I'm entering into that glorification. Yeah, this, with him. With him. Yeah. Because the Lord is always with the Father. But yes. what changes I and my flesh enters heaven. Right. Yeah, um, there's a change. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then we move to the the bit that we get something. Okay, so <laughs> sister, very holy to rejoice in the Lord, getting getting His glory. But I want to move to the bit where I get something. So yes. obviously, okay. right. we've got we've got Pentecost, <laughs> where again uh, the great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, and this is the one where I love. I love those traditional. Um, Images of mm. Mary yes. in the heart of the apostles at yes. Pentecost, yes. the original um, novena. I yeah. love that. Yeah, and that she's there at the church. She's she mm. she is at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the church, and yes. intrinsically linked mm. with the church. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it's um, you see the apostles saying things like, "We and the Holy Spirit." It seemed good to us and the Holy Spirit. Yes, um, it's. It's the Holy Spirit is called gift, and you can see why because he's there. Um, and um, John's Gospel really gets that that whole thing about uh, it speaks about all of these things: peace, joy, love. And if you wait for a minute, you realize that he's not talking about imitating his peace or imitating his love. He's talking about this thing that I give you. And this thing that I give you is the Holy Spirit. Well, mm. this person that I'm giving you, but which is much more profound. Like, yes, mm-hmm. um, and uh, kind of really this intimacy of in, that again. Um, you realise that that just as there's the Annunciation in the Gospel of Luke, where the Holy Spirit will overshadow Mary so that she becomes the mother of god she 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 conceives jesus in her uh, to bring forth into the world so too the holy spirit will overshadow um the church together with the blessed virgin mary so that she is able she the church is able to bring forth christ into the world um and um 
yeah, the, the, that that whole fulfillment of that that sharing in the motherhood of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In that mm-hmm. way. I just love that idea of the Holy yeah. Spirit being that the agent of change. Yes. So it was the spirit that was breathed on the waters at creation mm. and and everything changed. It was the spirit mm. who was who was sent into our blessed virgin uh, into the blessed virgin and and her entire life changed and the mm. world changed. Um, our mm. Lord breathes out his spirit from the cross and and everything changes. And yes. then here at Pentecost, um, they received the spirit and mm. and their lives change and the world changes again and just that that, mm. that same spirit is an offer to each one of us yes. um, through the sacraments and through the life of the church yeah. and so that um, we too can change yes. um, and that, that that change can be as real and as dramatic in our lives as it was in the lives of, of Mary and the apostles um, mm. on that day at Pentecost. And yeah, the, and sorry. Sorry. Uh, the church is, is the body of Christ. Yeah. The, the church is the presence of Christ in the world. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole thing about now Christ's life is my life. Yeah, and just that whole disposition of the church from its inception is receptive. Mm. Like this is the model. Mary is the mother of the church. She has gone and done this from the beginning, you know, Mm. and now we're learning that from her. And even what you said about the Holy Spirit being a gift is is really important Mm. uh, of, well, then what does that make us? You know, we are Mm. receivers of a gift. We Mm. are not in charge. The Holy Spirit is in charge. And then when they let him be in charge, it's nuts. I mean, Acts of the Apostles is the best book to read. It's just amazing what happens actually if you let him lead. Yes, and and it's... It seemed good to the Holy Spirit and us. It the Holy Spirit forbade them. They wanted to do this, but the Holy Spirit didn't let yeah. them. And this is where it goes back to that thing of it is a bit dangerous. Mm. It's like and if and I think this is something that we can ask from our lady, mm. um, in particular in the rosary, is that that willingness to be led by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Yeah, let it be done. And let yeah. Done, yeah. <laughs> and that okay. If 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 you don't if you want to scare yourself, read the Acts of the Apostles love because it, it it doesn't end well for most of them, but <laughs> um, but the fruit of of their lives abides two thousand years later. Like yeah. so, um, it it can be the same for us if yeah. if we if we open ourselves up to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. If we entrust uh, the movement of the Spirit in our lives, mm. um, mm-hmm. He'll do powerful things through us. Same Holy Spirit, same Church. So when's the last time? It's a good little examine. Like mm. when's the last time? You know, each of us realized, oh no, the Holy Spirit doesn't want this, or the Holy Spirit mm. does want this. I mean, how attentive, how frequent are those movements? Which he's always, he's mm. always taking, he's always inspiring. But uh, how do we respond? Yeah, and that that same idea also of of um, when I feel weak, when I know all these things, it it can be very comforting to to say. God works through this yes. because yeah. that is actually how he chose to work. Yes. So then we we get to sort of reward. So again, <laughs> um, I, I love the, the mystery about the assumption because mm. we we see that for her life of openness mm. to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, a lady, lady goes before all of us and mm. is assumed into heaven. Um, so again, maybe it's because <laughs> I... I know, I, I, I want to know what's in it for me, but mm. it, this um, this real um, 
this promise that's in store. Mm-hmm. We who are faithful and open and and follow in her footsteps and entrust ourselves to mm-hmm. her son uh, are, are promised the, yes. the same glory that she, she received. It's true. Yes, the promise of eternal life for us and particularly for our bodies um, you know, in, in the history of the church, even though it was believed um, from uh, very early in the history of the church, it's only really defined mm-hmm. in 1950. Yes. Just at this time when human bodies are being uh, blown up, uh, treated in all sorts of awful ways, um, uh, gassed and, and um, um, put in um, concentration camps, and starved and, and bombed. Um, suddenly the assumption is defined, and it's defined very much to make this point. The human body is not what the world makes of it. The human body is what Christ makes of it. And if you want to see what that looks like, that's really um, the Blessed Virgin Mary. Yeah, I th- he uses that language when he makes the definition mm. of that. I've, I've loved reading through that for that mm. point. And I, I think one of my favourite titles for Mary was... Um, well, I, I just sort of make it up. Uh, but I mm. think of Mary as our hope, which is also one of my favorite virtues. But mm. this, uh, she is the embodiment of hope for mm. all of us. And, yes. And I think, yeah, that, that that's what he was trying to do. Let's lift our eyes up from mm. this mundane mm. ending or and know actually we're called to, to glory. Mm. And then, of course, we round out the traditional mysteries before the um, John Paul II ones uh, were added <laughs> uh, with the luminous mysteries, but we round out the rosary sort of traditionally, yes. the 150, with the coronation mm-hmm. of Our Lady as Queen of Heaven. And yeah. again, that reminder that she she continues from mm. her heavenly throne to intercede for us and to to be that, that mm. example for us to turn to. Yes, that uh, for me, uh, uh, it's also that, that she's raised above the angels, higher than the seraphim. Um, and, and this is who we have. If you feel weak, if you feel weak in your prayer, if you feel weak in your Christian life, um, she is there, even higher than, than the angels, praying for you. This is the You Disciple podcast. For more information on what's happening on a campus near you, go to udisciple.melbournecatholic.org. So that's our whistle stop tour through the glorious mysteries, but I think the the resounding thing would be pray the rosary. Um, our lady told us to do it herself uh, in Fatima, um, and we're telling you now. Um, enter into it. I think one real tool, if it's not part of your your regular prayer life at the moment, is the Hello app, um, because they've got um, a whole variety of ways of entering into the rosary with meditations and and scriptural sort of reflections. Um, and you can you can choose the fast rosary, the slow rosary, rosary with music, and things like that. So if it's not something that you you do regularly. Uh, Maybe uh, jump onto the Udisciple website and get your free subscription to the Hello Hello app uh, as a way of entering into the rosary. 
but otherwise there's lots of other great things happening on and around campus uh, over the next couple of weeks. So just a uh, shout out about uh, study week uh, and opportunities to study with your peers. So reach out to your chaplains and discipleship officers about that. Uh, obviously, the other thing just to start thinking about, obviously we've been talking about it, the Feast of Aladdin for the Moon, is that World Youth Day next year is in Portugal. So it's August 2023. So uh, you'll keep an ear out because there will be some some exciting announcements about opportunities for young adults and university students from here in the Archdiocese of Melbourne to to head across to Portugal and join young people from around the world in that. But otherwise, especially if you're a student at Melbourne University or RMIT, keep an ear to the ground this week for some other really exciting things that are happening here in Melbourne, but will also be great opportunities for students all over the city. Any final thoughts, Father Rob? Um, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> Beautiful. We're, we're, we're about to go out and pray the rosary. Well, exactly. That's it. Exactly. Let's go do it. <laughs> so stop talking, start praying. That's yes. it. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. God bless. Thank you. Whether you've been listening to us on the tram, in the library, or on your way to class, thanks for listening to this week's You Disciple podcast. Share, like, and subscribe, and we hope to see you on and around campus. The Your Disciple podcast is a production of the Catholic Archdiocese of Melbourne.